Turning to the book of Hebrews this morning, please, and to the 10th chapter, Hebrews chapter 10, and we're reading down the first nine verses in this gold mine of truth, much truth for this time of year as well. Chapter 10 of Hebrews and the verse 1. For the law having a shadow of good things to come, and not the image of things, can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the comers thereon to perfect. For then would they not have ceased to be offered, because that the worshippers once poured should have had no more conscience of sins. But in those sacrifices, there is a remembrance again made of sins every year. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins. Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldst not, but a body hast thou prepared me. Burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin thou hast had no pleasure. Then said I, Lo, I come. In the volume of the book it is written of me to do thy will, O God. Above, when he said sacrifice and offerings and burnt offerings and offerings for sin thou wouldest not, neither hadst pleasure therein which are offered by the law. Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first, that he may establish the second. And we know that God will bless to us the public reading of his word. When our our Lord Jesus Christ came in the incarnation to the womb of Mary, in the stable at Bethlehem. It was not the first time he came to this world. Nor was it the last time. I was preaching in the open air yesterday on that great text where Jesus says, I will come again. He's coming again. The writer to the Proverbs in the 8th chapter says that his delights were with the sons of men. That is, his pleasure and his deep love and his heart's compassion were with sinners, the sons of Adam's fallen race. He loved the world of sinners lost. And he was so delighted and so delighted with the sons of men that on many occasions he visited them in theophanies in the Old and New Testament. He left the throne many times to come down to this world. He hastened many times to assist those that were in need and to succor and to strengthen and to bless and to help individuals here and there 
along the journey of life. We have the records of many of them in the Old Testament and in the New Testament too, where you get that phrase, the angel of the Lord. He appears sometimes and most times in other forms. So he has been here before, many times. Remember in Genesis 18, when old Abraham was sitting meditating in the heat of the day at the tent in Mamre, he lifted up his eyes and he saw three men. One of them was the Son of God. The Son of Man came to the sons of men. You know, Abraham was at an end of himself and he needed something. And how many times has he not come to us when we have been at an end of ourselves? You see, Abraham was at an end of himself. I believe he was doubtful and he was bewildered. You see, the Lord had promised Years back that he would give he and Sarah a son and the star, their seed would be as the stars of the sky. But nothing happened. And they waited. And then they'd done a very foolish thing. They, Abram went into Hagar, the servant maid, and Expecting he had a son, and the son was born, and his name is Shul, and there was nothing but trouble since, and trouble this day because of it. Now it seemed to Abraham that all had failed. That Sarah was old, and she couldn't bear children, and the years had gone past. And he appeared. And he came and he said just a few words. He said just... Sarah, thy wife, shall have a son. As he sat to the tent in the heat of the day, the Lord said that to him. And Sarah laughed. And the Lord says, what's Sarah laughing for? God doesn't like his promises to be laughed at. He doesn't like his promises to be mocked. Let me tell you what he came down to do. Is what he wants to do with some of you this morning. And while he doesn't come in a theophany to you this morning, he comes with the power of the Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you have had promises and words from God in 2019, I 2018, and going on back maybe to 1988, as some of us have. And it seems to you this morning, as you sit at the door of another year, as he sat at the door of the tent, it seems to you this morning that has failed. Seems to you this morning that it's dead, it's all's lost, it's gone, it's too late, nothing will happen now. My friend, he come down to encourage Abram and Sarah. And he wants to encourage you this morning. Because it's in that context that the words came to, 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 to Abraham and Sarah, is there anything too hard for the Lord? Hallelujah. And however you may feel about the past, and however you may feel about the promises, and however you may feel about things at home and in the family, and things are not working out the way you are, I tell you, you just 
just let him encourage you this morning to hold on. It'll come. Bless God it'll come, but it'll come in his time. And it will come in his way. He came as the great encourager. And then in Joshua 5 and verse 13, at the eve of the battle for Jericho, Joshua was fearful. And he went out and he left the camp and he went out and he started to view the walls of Jericho. And behind it was an evil, wicked force of men. And the walls were that thick that four chariots could ride abreast around it. And I tell you, Joshua was wondering, how on earth are we going to take this place? How on earth can I bring my men round to this place? And he appeared again. He's here again. The scripture says he came with a sword drawn in his hand. And there he appeared to Joshua, and Joshua says, Are you for us or are you for against us? He says, I'm the captain of the host. Follow me, because the word captain means follow. Follow me. I will fight for you. The battle is the Lord's. Can you take that into your heart and mind? Listen, as you go out into 2020, the battle is the Lord's. He'll fight the battles. I tell you, he's fought some battles for me. And once you take your hand off it and let him do the, let him do. He's a warrior this morning. You see, he came as the great encourager and he came as the great warrior. Fight for us. And he'll give us victory too. In 2020. 2020. Then in Daniel three nineteen to twenty five he came down again not only to the he, he to the three Hebrew children Shadrach Meshach and Abednego but he got in beside them in the fiery furnace. He's here again. Oh no, the incarnation wasn't the first time he appeared. He's back. And old Nebuchadnezzar turned the furnace up seven times hotter to destroy the three children of God and to wipe them out and barbecue them. Oh, I'll tell you, the flames and fire of that, the wooden after the second. And old Nebuchadnezzar came and he looked in. He says, I thought I only put three men in here. But he says, I see four loosed and walking about. And one, is the fourth one, is like unto the Son of God. He's in the fires with <laughs> He's in the fires. My, my man, you're going through the fires this morning. And you went through it last year. But listen, he's with you. He's with you in the trials. He's with you in the storms. He's with you in the fire. He's the great encourager. He's the great warrior. He's the great deliverer. He delivered them. Oh, we'd love to go on with these theophanies. But that's not our business this morning. But our God, my friend, listen, he's able to deliver. Hallelujah. And keep praying and keep praising. If ever there's anything we need when we go out into 2020, it's faith in God. Faith in God. Faith in the promise of God. Faith in the word of God. Don't back off now. Don't go back now. Go forward. Go forward and follow the great captain of our salvation. 
And he will bring us through to victory. But when we come here to Hebrews 10, we see him as the great Savior. And I want you to listen this morning with holy awe and reverence to the sacred, holy, precious conversation that went on between the Father and the Son in the glory. Now, some scholars say this is the most precious, from verse 5, verse 5 and down, are the most precious, precious scriptures of all. Because we get a peep into heaven and we hear the Father and the Son in conversation. Now, we don't know all that is said, but the Holy Spirit has recorded for us a conversation that went on in heaven before he came to the womb of the Virgin Mary, before he left the glory. A farewell conversation. And I tell you, it was a hard one. And I'll tell you why it was a hard one. Because the Father knew all that was going to be held. And so did he. Hundreds and thousands of people are coming home today for Christmas from far-off lands and countries and nations. They're coming home. They're all coming home for Christmas to their friends and their loved ones. Let me tell you, he left the glory. He turned from the cherubims and the seraphims and the mighty hosts of heaven. He didn't come home. He was going away to a world that hated him and crucified him. Now look at verse 5. Begins with wherefore. And as I have often said to you here, where you get wherefore, you ask where it's there for. Well, it's very obvious where it's there. For in the first four verses that we read, We read that he has come into the world because all the sacrifices of the lambs and the goats and the calves and the heifers could never take away sin. The whole Mosaic law, Levitical law, including the commandments, the 619 prohibitions that the Pharisees and the Jews had, was only a shadow, was only a reflection of things to come. That's what we read in the verse 1. Look look at verse 1 again. For the law having a shadow of good things to come and not the very image of things can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the comers perfect. There was no perfection. Anything that has to be done again is not perfect. And they had to do it and do it and do it again because it would not make the comers perfect. You know, I'm on a blood pressure tablet for 40 years. 40 years. Many other tablets too. But I'm on a blood pressure tablet for 40 years. I had to take one this morning. And one yesterday morning. And one the morning before. And I'll have to take one tomorrow morning. Do you know why? Because it can't make the taker perfect. One, one blood pressure tablet 40 years ago didn't cure me. And it's the very same here. It couldn't, there was no perfection. 
But not only was there no perfection, there was no possibility. Look at verse 4. For it's not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats could take away sin. It's not possible. And if you go down to verse 8, it's not pleasurable. Thou hast no, thou had no pleasure. Twice it says in that reading that he had no pleasure. Let me tell you, God never took pleasure in sticking a knife into the neck of a lamb. And I could turn you up two other scriptures and more in the Old Testament where that is very truth, where they said that he delighted not in offerings and sacrifices. God took no joy in killing a wee calf or a wee lamb and born in the hides of thousands of them weekly. He took no joy in that. There were all types and pictures and parallels of Christ. There was no perfection. There was no possibility. There was no pleasure in any of these sacrifices that these men offered day after day after day. Who would stick a knife into the neck of a wee lamb? But it pleased the Lord to bruise him. <sighs> Can you imagine that this morning? It pleased the Lord to bruise his only beloved son. Sinner this morning. You'll not get away with it. You'll not get away with rejecting the Lamb of God take it away the sin of the world you'll pay for it you'll pay for it now look at verse 5 again if you want a title from a message back there this morning it's the title the title is the divine Christmas dialogue the divine Christmas dialogue look at verse 5 wherefore when he cometh into the world, he saith. Now watch what he says. When he cometh into the world, he says, Sacrifice and offering thou was not, but a body hast thou prepared. Now just to make sure that he's speaking to the Father, you have four thous. He's not speaking to himself. And he's not speaking to the cherubims, and he's not speaking to the seraphims, and he's not speaking to the angels. He's speaking to someone else. He's speaking to the Father. Four times thou. Four times thou. Twice in verse 5. Get your eyes on it this morning, because this is a Bible study we're doing. Twice in verse 5. Once in verse 6. Once in verse 8. In verse 7 and verse 9 he says, Thy will. That's twice. That's six times. He's referring to the Father. You have no doubt about that now. That this is a conversation he says, Thou. He's speaking to the Father. This is precious stuff this morning. This is, this is, this is leaking in at the door of heaven and hearing a conversation before he became a baby in the womb of Mary. You'll see that in a minute now. You just watch that tight. You see, this conversation here between him and the Father hinges on the word of God. Look at verse 7. 
Then said I, Lo, I come. In the volume of the book, it is written. Where is he going back to? He's going back to Psalm 40. We're not turning to that this morning, but these same words are in Psalm 40. The inspired scriptures of Psalm 40, the messianic psalm, he's quoting that in heaven. The whole Trinity is surveying the word of God in heaven. They're making their case in heaven from the Word. In the volume of the book, it is written of me. But not only in in Psalm 40, but Isaiah 9, Isaiah 7, in the prophecy of Micah, it's written of him, of me, that will come. You see, I emphasize that point this morning, friend, because listen... God forbid, for God forgive us for the way we handle this precious word of God. And some of you haven't read it much all week. Let me tell you, it's a centerpiece in heaven. The whole Trinity is gathering round the inspired word so that they'll move on the word. Oh, don't neglect this truth because it's settled in heaven and it's revered above his name in heaven. And the Lord Jesus is quoting from it in heaven. Listen, they needn't turn to listen to what the Savior said to David in Psalm 40. Listen to what he says sacrifice and offering. Thou didst not desire. There you have it again. Born to offering and sin offering hast thou not required. Then said I, lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me. These Old Testament scriptures were written, had things written about Christ. As I tell you, Isaiah 7 and 9 and Micah and many other scriptures talked about his coming and he's quoting them in heaven to the Father. I must go. But the word says, I would to God that we were obedient to the word. But he goes further here. Watch at verse 5 again. When he cometh into the world, he says, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldst not, but a body hast thou prepared for me. That word prepared means a body. He's saying to the Father, Father, you, you have a body for me. That word prepared means fitted perfectly and framed for him. He didn't create the body. He made a body for the creator. This is going on in heaven. Lord, I, I must, I will go. And he said he delighted to go. He says, I go because you have, you, you have, the Holy Spirit has prepared 
a body for me. Do you see the book? Do you see the body? Do you see the baby? Now let's look at the baby from a different context than the Christmas cards and all you're hearing singing. But some of these cards, there's not truth in some of them. One baby. A spanned length, pitted against all the sacrifices that ever were offered. One wee baby having to be cared for and washed and cleaned and fed, pitted against every picture, every parallel, every shadow of the Old Testament economy, every lamb, every goat, and every heifer, and all the blood that flowed in years gone by, one wee baby, pitted against it all, solves the whole problem of the sacrifice. Solved it all. Down through the centuries, there's no Nothing else could be found. <laughs> and God sent a wee child. No oh, bless his lovely name this morning. How hard this must have been in the heart of God. Some of you know what it is to say farewell to a loved one, don't you? Some of you know what it is to say goodbye to your sons and daughters across the seas. But there never was anything like this. Do you see the book? And you see the body? And you see the boy? Watch it again now. When he cometh into the world, he saith. Notice what it says, when, when he cometh, not if he come. When the fullness of time was come, he saith, he saith, he saith. He's a man, he's a boy. Do you want me to take this on a bit this morning? None of your transgender delusions and deception here. We are told now, indeed, there's translations of the Bible now that we must use the male and female gender when we're speaking of God. Well, let me tell you, and I could spend the rest of the morning tell you that he's a man. And I had no other scriptures, only this, that's enough. He says. He's a man. He himself said, the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Isaiah said, he was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. 
Paul says, the man Christ Jesus. God said, this is my beloved son, not my beloved daughter. In whom I am well pleased. We don't have to go on any further defending such nonsense. This tide of evil. This tide of evil and transgenderism is an onslaught from the very pit of hell against our children and our families. And unless we wake up to the fact that the devil is out and out in 2020 to get your children. And you don't realize that. And if you're not able to stand against it in prayer and in the word and resist him, he'll make mincemeat of you. But you have seen nothing yet. Did you ever see the slide? Do you know I turned on the Sky News the other day and they give a man 16 years in America for pulling down a a rainbow flag from the front of a church. What in God's name was it doing up there? And he got 16 years for it. You can burn the stars and the stripes and you don't get any jail for it. Men in England are getting seven and eight years for murder. Sixteen years. That's what's coming. And if you want to bow to it, you can. I'm not bound to it. And as long as I have breath in this body, I'll defend the children. God made us male and female. Get used to it. Wherever or whenever these lies are taught, we must reject them out of hand. Why should we stand by and see our children brainwashed re-morality? And that's what's happening. Aided by teachers and aided by ungodly people. Why should we stand by and see our children brainwashed re-morality when the last generation of believers stood against them being brainwashed against ideology? Communism, Marxism, Nazism. They stood against it and died for it. Now the devil's coming in this way. So you see the book, you see the body, you see the boy, and you see the baby. Formed and fitted, conceived by the Holy Spirit in the womb of an 18-year-old girl in Nazareth. Whereas I can say unto us a child is born, 
and a son given. A virgin shall conceive and bring forth a child. Do you remember whenever Joseph heard the news that Mary was pregnant? And, and, and he was beside himself. He was distraught. That's what the word tells us. He didn't know what way to turn or what to do. Because God didn't just reveal everything to him at the one time. And he doesn't, you know. And sometimes the Lord brings things before us and into us and onto us. And he could tell you right away what's going to happen and what you're going to do. But he wants us just you, you sitting to see what you'll do. All Joseph knew that she was pregnant and he knew it wasn't his child. That's what he knew. And so he considered several options. There was an option he could have put her away. The Old Testament law, he could have divorced her. Or he could have stoned her to death. But I'll tell you one thing he never thought. And it never crossed his mind. That he'd have her have him aborted. God help us. And we're not going down that road any further. God help us. Man, old Herod tried to kill him, but he wasn't able. Someone said to me, who do you think hated Christmas the most? Herod. Hated Christ. And the world hates him today. You'd have been in the open air yesterday and see them screwing down the wind and blaspheming the all the filthy talk of someone who was just holding the Bible and preaching the word. You see the book, you see the body, you see the boy, you see the baby, you see the blood. Ah, yes, these whole verses are all about blood. They're all about sacrifice. They're all about the blood of bulls and goats and calves and heifers. And the blood of the animal had to be shed, it had to be sprinkled, it had to be poured, it had to be offered. His blood. Coursing through these on Christmas morning, I'm going to show you that the little hand, my friend, that was gripping on, that was gripping on to the, to, to, to the torn bandages, that's what they were, they weren't maybe even clean, they were torn bandages. Some said there were bandages that the woman used. That we hand that was gripping those torn bandages was the one that gave on to the sea its decree and the one who holdeth all things in the hollow of his hand. Tis mystery beyond mystery. And for the Father to part, he laid his glory by and wrapped it in her clay. What if an insight Wesley got to that? 
said goodbye to the father, to the chariot, and to the seraphims, where he was for all eternity past, where daily he was the father's delight, the creator, sustainer, provider of all things. Now we find him. Baby in a dirty, filthy cattle shed. He's the same Lord. He's the same Lord. He's the same Lord that went to the cross. It was that blood that was flowing. He was perfectly framed and perfectly fitted. The fingers that ordained the stars and the heavens with his fingers. Psalm 8 was spread out on that old cross at Calvary. Perfectly fitted. He says, Father, you have prepared a body. And I tell you, when God prepares something, he prepares it well. He prepares it well. It happened to be the body of a boy. He prepared it well. He says, you prepared a body for me. I, I, I must go to take up the body you prepared for me. The word says it. You said it. I said it. Can you imagine the awesomeness in heaven? So the next time you see the manger, just thank God for the humility of Christ. His blood was poured. I'm finished now. His blood was shed. His blood was sprinkled. His blood was offered. He saved us and sanctified us with his own blood. Outside the camp. Is it any wonder Peter called it the precious blood? It's not corruptible. All the blood of gold and goats and heifers and calves, no matter how much they are, is corruptible. Corruptible. Anything to do with man's corruptible. But not his blood. And I haven't time to finish this, but let me just show you here, and you can read it for yourself. He says, I have come in the volume of the book, verse 7, it is written, to do thy will. Verse 9, I come to do thy will. <laughs> that was why he come. To do thy will. And in Psalm 40 it says, he delighted to do the will of God. Let me say something. Anything you do inside these gates, you're doing it for God. And if you come into the Sunday school or into the Friday night meeting or in as a deacon or in as an elder or into the organ or into the taping desk or anywhere else you might do and it's not a delight, don't do it. Don't do it out of drudge. Don't do it, you're not pleasing me. If it's not a delight in your soul to serve the Lord, then don't do it.
Because I'll tell you, this was the delight. What was the delight? The cross? Yes. Because it was the will of God. It was the will of God. What is the will of God? Well, the will of God is that all men be saved. You're not saved this morning. Listen, this is the will of God that you would be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. What's that mean? Well, it means that you need to know the truth, that you need to repent, and you need to come to Christ, and you need to confess your sins. You need to know the truth, that if you don't, the truth is that you'll perish. It's not his will that any would perish. It's not his will that you would perish, dear. You, sir, you would perish. Not his will. And don't you think that after all this this morning, when he pitted one holy child against all the sacrifices ever was, he did it for fun. He said goodbye for fun. He watched him and he pleased him to bruise him, strip naked on the cross at Calvary. How an arrow must have went into the heart of God. And not even that, but God turned his face away from him for us. And don't take your salvation light. And don't take the will of God light either. And find it and get into it and do it and do it with the delight. And if you don't know what it is, find out what it is. He says, I come to do thy will. And his will was that all men would be saved. And how would they be saved? Well, we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin. So he came to die. Come to die for our sins. He said goodbye to the Father. And for 33 and a half years, They spat at him. They mocked him. They blasphemed him. They said he was the son of a harlot. That in every conceiver, the first sermon he preached, they tried to kill him over, but Nazareth cast him out over the cliff. But he came to do the will. And the will of God's not easy. But I can tell you this morning, as I close this message, it's a delight to serve the Lord. Delight. Oh, bless his name this morning. He says, I am come. It's me. It's me and you, Lord. I'm talking to you now. We're talking father like son. We're talking together. I such a portion of scripture this is. You have the body prepared, and I'm going to take it up. I'm going to to live, I'm going to die. I'm going to rise again, I'm going to come back in again. And they'll say to me, what are those wounds in your hands? And I'll tell them. But I was wounded in the house of my friend. He came on to his own, and his own received him not. Blessed, lovely babe of Bethlehem. Blessed, lovely Saviour, we fall at thy feet. 
And we thank you that you ever came and left your home and all the glories and came to such squalor, such filth, such mockery in the back street of the cattle she had and despised Nazareth and Bethlehem came to die let us pray Loving Father, what can we say this morning? We've heard this precious conversation recorded for us in thy precious word. Putting an end to all the ritual and traditions and sacrifices of men. And this man, when he offered one sacrifice for sin forever, set out. Lord, it didn't start in the manger, it started in the tomb, in, 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 in the throne, in the heavens. Way before eternity passed, he was a lamb slain before the foundation of the world. Lord, forgive us. Forgive us. Forgive me, Lord, for making light of this mighty mighty miracle bless those that must go May the table be sweeter to us this morning because of what we have heard and sang. For Christ's sake. Amen.